Welcome to Intimacy Play, a podcast by Pleasy Play. We host open discussions with world-leading experts on couples, sex, and intimacy, so you can build a more exciting, fun, and intimate relationship. I'm your host, Michaela Silva. Hi, everyone. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. We have David Chambers. David is a men's dating and intimacy coach and a host of the Authentic Man podcast. How are you, David? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I love your voice, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, David, what inspired you to help coach men on the healthy aspects of masculinity and male sexuality? I guess it's coming out of my my own journey. Um, if I go back maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I was struggling my dating life, but I also had quite a dysfunctional sex life. I was just, I wouldn't say dysfunctional, but I was just seeking sex for validation a lot. You know, as, as a lot of men do, we think that the more sex we have, the more of a man we will be. And even if we don't think that consciously, there's a subconscious messaging that we have for ourselves that it's like, oh, if I sleep with more women, then I will be more of a man and other men will think I'm good and I will think I'm good. And it kind of came to a head at a point where I just realized how empty it was making me feel. You know, it was all very meaningless. It was very empty. It was, you know, had some great stories. But ultimately, when I was sitting at home alone, uh, you know, on, in evenings, I was alone and I was feeling lonely. And these short relationships, again, as much as they were fun in the moment, they were not fulfilling my soul. They were not giving me the sort of intimacy that I longed for. So I guess I went on a lot of a journey, like many of us do, of like learning and like looking into my own relationship with relationships and my relationship with with being a man, especially, and also my relationship to sex. And I started to see that a lot of this stuff was quite dysfunctional and wasn't giving me what I needed. So in the last few years, I've done a lot of work around, you know, tantra, conscious relating, conscious relationships, open relationships, and also a lot of emotional work to see where my trauma lies and where my wounds are and how I can start to heal that stuff and actually communicate from a point of view and place where of my truth and what I really want and how I really want to love someone and how I really want my relationships to be. And it kind of, kind of almost stumbled into teaching that to men as well, just throughout of, you know, creating the podcast and then a few people asking for coaching and just seeing the, the difference my coaching was making to people. So I kind of kept expanding into events and so forth. Very interesting. But how did you do that transition? So going from feeling a little bit lost and not happy with the way that you were approaching your own sexuality uh, and intimacy and ending up actually teaching other people how to discover uh, that facet of them. I think there's a, a moment, a real turning point in my life was I was in Bolivia. I was in 2016. I'd been traveling with my then girlfriend for about a year and we broke up and it all kind of come to head because I wasn't able to really share what I was feeling and what I needed and what I wanted. My, my big fear was that I would upset her and that was a huge, I couldn't upset her. In, in my mind, it was like, I can't upset her. If I upset her, then I'm a bad man, that I'm wrong, you know, that I'm useless, all these things. And then we ended up breaking up, which upset her massively and upset me. And I was lying in a bed crying in a place called Sucre in Bolivia. And I was like, I, I can't do this again. I don't want to do this again. So after that, I just, I just put myself into connecting with people just like really openly. And I, as, as I did, the more I was open about who I was and so forth, the more I deeply connected with people. And then after being some time being back home, I came back maybe in nine months or so after that, I just started to get more into learning about Tantra, you know, and the, the art of Tantra and connection and the, the presence and the, in the real intimacy. 
And I started to see that men don't have this. We don't have these tools. We are, we are not taught that it's actually good to be open-hearted to actually deeply connect with the, the women or the men that we're with. So I started to do talks. I started to speak. People wanted to listen and, you know, people found it was really useful and helpful to them. So I started to create workshops and coaching programs out of that. So it just all very organically kind of flowed. And I guess I'd always had a real interest in sex, even from a young age. I'd almost like a study. I would buy, I have books about sex. I have books about intimacy. And I bought these long before I was, I was coaching because I just, I was interested in how we as human beings come together sexually and relationally. So it just felt a really natural transition for me to, to move into to coaching and teaching. I love that. It makes, it makes total sense. And, you know, you also use your own journey to help other couples. Mm. You've touched more than once on tantric sex. Can you explain what tantric sex is in your view? Mm. That's an interesting question, eh? Cause, uh, so I see tantra, tantra as a, as a, I don't want to call it a discipline, as a path. We'll call it a path. Tantra is a path. Um, as a path, it's about building awareness of yourself, your true self, and what is around you. So I guess tantric sex is about bringing that level of awareness into our sexual relations. Because it's, it's often with sex, especially couples and, and so forth, what's really lacking is actual focused awareness on themselves, their bodies, their sensation, their pleasure. And the same in their partner, like what's your partner feeling? What's going on in their minds? You know, we are so often so caught up with our fears and our worries and our concerns when we're having sex that we're actually not really there. We are there physically, but our mind is somewhere else completely. You know, our mind is off in the, in the future worrying about what might happen at the end. And for a lot of men, that's worrying about coming too quickly, you know, not pleasuring the, the woman they're with or the partner they're with. Or we are so kind of in the past, in our past fears and worries that we're not really there in the present moment. So a lot about tantric sex is bringing you deeply into this present moment, deeply into feeling the sensations and energy in your body, but also those of your partner being like completely and fully present and aware to, to the two of you and the, the magic that you're creating in that moment. I fully understand what you're saying because I too struggle sometimes, you know, usually not during sex, but um, that has happened as well. You know, just thinking about other things because we are worried because our lives are full of stuff. So how do you actually, you know, get to a point where you can forget almost everything that's around you and just focus on that moment? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's you know, when we talk about tantra and tantric sex, it's actually, um, I say magic because I see, I can say the word magic and it can be very tangible or normal to me. I'm not imagining some sort of wizard, but actually there's a lot of pr uh, processes and procedures you can go through to, you know, let go of the day. You know, when you go into, you can enter into your sexual interaction consciously and you can consciously go, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna make love tonight, you know, and we're gonna let go of the day. It might be a meditation. It might be some breath work. It might be just slowly moving into intercourse through touching, through conscious touch, where we are, we are touching someone completely aware of the, our sensations and the sensation of touching them and our body and being really focused on our body because we can slowly basically let go of all our fears and worries and bring ourselves into the present moment of, of what's happening. So that when we actually come to, to foreplay or to penetration, our minds are completely in the here and now and with our partner, but we also can feel the kind of, the kind of energy that's running between two people, the polarity you might say, 
because we've done the work beforehand to to clear out the mind, to release stress, to to kind of release our fears and our concerns, and done done the work to bring ourselves completely kind of in union with our body and and the present moment. You know, when you're talking about uh, meditation, mm. I was silently laughing because I can't do it. You know, all of these thoughts come rushing into my mind, and the whole time I'm thinking. Don't think, don't think, you know, stop thinking. Why are you thinking? Okay, now I've stopped thinking. And maybe like a millisecond afterwards, oh, I wasn't thinking. So is there like a trick to actually switch it off? Because I understand the part of focusing on the touch, I do. And sometimes I, I can, you know, fully get there. Other times it's like 90%, other times it's 20%, depending obviously on the day and on, on my stress levels. But is there like two or three tips that are not meditation, at least not for me, uh, that might work to, you know, help switch off? Yeah, yeah. Um, the first one is actually to shift how we see meditation. One of the biggest misconceptions in the Western world about meditation is that uh, you are only in a meditative state if your mind is completely clear and you're thoughtless. And as far as I've read, our mind, it's impossible for our minds to be in that state. We're always thinking about something. So the key to, especially if you're starting off with meditation, is learn to just observe your thoughts. They're gonna happen, you're gonna think things, and it's okay, and meditation isn't a process of thinking nothing. Uh, meditation is a process of stepping, taking a little step back from our thoughts and not being our thoughts and seeing them and observing them. And you know, it's like when you, um, a really good analogy that I got from an app I often use for meditation is that you're sitting down and you're watching the road. You're watching cars go by on the road. Now. You don't suddenly, when you're watching these cars, identify as the cars. You just watch them. You just observe them going by. So let's take that same stance with uh, with our own thoughts and just observe them come and go. You know, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I've got a shopping list to do. And you go, yeah, got a shopping list to do. Okay, that thought's gone. Because our normal way of being with our thoughts is, oh, I've got a shopping list to do. Oh, what do I need to add to the shopping list? Oh, oh God, I better not forget that. And we get completely entangled in our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we allow them just to pass by, you'd be surprised how they kind of lessen and your the impact, your reactivity to them dampens. And the the key often with when it comes to meditation, when we're, we're, we're involved in tantric sex, is actually just to let go of them and let them pass us by and to focus on what we want to focus on, right? Which might be the breath. It might be our partner. You know, it might even be, there's a particular meditation that I, I love to do with, I do with my partners where we focus on, on the love that we have for one another so that we, we drop back out of this, you know, fear and worry and we bring up, you know, maybe beautiful moments, maybe the first time we've met, you know, whatever it is that works for you is bring up the love that you have for your partner and you focus on that. Because when you're focused on something, you know, as powerful as the love and care that we have for our partners, we're able to tune out of a lot of the other things. So, you know, remembering that meditation is a singular focus exercise and not an exercise of no focus. Okay, you've given me so many interesting tips. I'll let you know how they work. <laughs> Going a little bit back uh, into Tantra, you know, what elements of Tantra do you think can help improve someone's confidence as well as helping them understand their sexuality more? I think what comes to mind actually is for confidence is relaxation. One of the reasons why we, we, we lack confidence often, right, is because we, we think there is a goal that we need to get to and we mm -hmm. don't know how to get there, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I work with a lot of men on this. Sexual confidence is something that I do a lot of work with guys 
And I'll give the example, for instance, for a lot of men, their concern is around pleasing their partners and lasting long enough and being hard enough, actually. Those are probably mm-hmm. the three the three things that men worry about, right? So inside of Tantra is actually a level of learning to feel a lot more, feel our bodies, but also feel our partners through being present, right? So we learn through through that to feel what our partners are feeling. So we have more of an idea what they're enjoying and not enjoying, right? But also Tantra does also include communication, you know, talking about sex, whether it be afterwards or even before, and, you know, setting an intention maybe for your lovemaking, right? So when we have an idea like, oh, maybe your partner just wants to feel relaxed and loved, and you go, okay, cool. Like, what does that look like for you? And she, or he explains that to you. Instantly then you have confidence because you know what, you know what needs to be doing. You've asked the questions, you've spoken about it, right? So again, that can remove some fear away from and bring more confidence. And then in terms of lasting longer, now this is a big one for men. It's a, I think this is probably one of the biggest issues that a lot of men face or worry about. Not even necessarily that there's a real issue. We have a lot of, what I say, um, assumptions about how long a man should last yes and how and how you know and i, I know from studies that i've read and I, I quote these often it's like the average uh length of intercourse or for a man going from kind of starting sex to ejaculation is like five minutes five and a half minutes i think um but when you poll people and you ask people i do this in my workshops a lot is ask people and they're like no 20 25 30 minutes and you're like no no that's not the re- realistic so slowing down slowing down is one of the most transformative experiences you can you can create when having sex, right? And it's a big part of Tantra because when we're slowing down, we're more present, you know? We're more present in the moment. We do action slowly instead of running around, you know, because we're used to that in our day, running around, thinking about things constantly, thinking here, 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 I need to do this, I need to do that. And we're not actually present. So when we slow down and we move slowly and consciously, especially for a man, he becomes more aware of himself and his body and his arousal rates as well. And this means that he can regulate himself in this his zone, what's often known as you know anything that's below the point of no return, right? So if you've learned to feel into your body and be like, okay, I'm getting close to the point of no return, I'm going to slow down. So I stay below that so I can feel confident and stay in this zone of, of pleasure, but also in this zone of feeling comfortable and relaxed. Then this concern about, you know, coming too quickly or ejaculating too fast starts to disappear because we've got more control. We've got more presence. We know where our body's going. Whereas when we go very quickly, which is often I I joke as like, you know, men going like jackhammers as soon as like the penetration starts, right? Because as if it's a competition to go as hard, as fast as they can, right? Forgetting that that's not the, that's not the end goal. Yeah. When we slow down, and we stay present to what we're feeling, we stay below our point of return, but also we allow our partner to also be really present to their sensations, to their feelings, right? To the subtle feelings and sensations there. So again, instantly now we've removed a lot of the concerns, right? Around confidence, lasting long enough and being hard enough. And I guess being hard enough is one we haven't tackled yet. And we, we slow down and we're more present. So the last one around being hard enough is there's various exercises that are recommended within the tantric community around uh, things like pelvic floor exercises, around uh, non-ejaculation and semen retention, but also yoga and and various breathwork exercises to help with this. Because remember, the, the penis is an organ, right? And it has mm-hmm. blood flow. And there's a lot of health things we need to keep in order in our bodies to make sure enough blood is going to that area. And for a lot of men, 
we have naturally very tight hips, which inhibits the blood flow to our penises. So there's various exercises, very practical things that you learn within Tantra to, to ensure that, you know, we've looked after that, that third concern. Wow, you've given so much insight into not only the problems that you usually encounter, and when I mean problems, I, might, I should say concerns, uh, and above all, how to help men to overcome these concerns. And where do you think that the fear of not being able to fulfill the partner's sex desire comes from for most men? Well, you know, I think it goes really deep, to be honest, back to some of our childhood experiences of being with, with women, being with our mothers, you know, not, we see a lot of men are seeking approval, right? And our first experience of a woman is our mother. And it's like, at some point, every man feels the disapproval of his mother. So he wants to, he wants to be approved of, he wants to do well, right? So we bring this into the rest of our life, right? So we bring the same thing into sex and sex is a very raw experience because it's just you and the person you're with. And if you're sleeping with women, it's like, I need to, I need to fulfill her needs. But there's also this idea that as we men carry is a very masculine thing is that I should know how without anyone mm -hmm. telling me how to do something, I should, I'm a man, I should know how, right? Even if we don't consciously realize this, there's this subconscious idea, which is rubbish, right? Because how would we know how to pl please someone if we've never spoken to them about it, right? Okay, there's some level of experience that brings you to be able to, you know, guess to a certain degree and, and also have an idea because, you know, women are not all the same, but there are some similarities across some of them, right? But ultimately, a man doesn't know. He won't know, but we still have this idea that we should know. So the fear comes up is like, I can't ask. I can't communicate. I don't know because then I'll be seen as lesser than. I'll be seen as being not a good man. And I don't want to bring myself back to that experience of being disapproved of that I experienced early in my life. Yes, I completely understand. And it, it, it makes sense to me. But above all, because I, I love to focus on the positive sides, what should men be focusing on to improve their own perception that their performance is better? Because I don't think this is a matter of saying, you know, this is a scale, this is what means to perform well, but we all evaluate ourselves, or at least mm -hmm. I believe so. So how, how can a man be confident enough with their performance, if we can call it that way, maybe, um, mm -hmm. you know, to be happy with what, what they're doing? All right. So I think communication is a really, really key, key, key part here, right? Communicating, communicating your desires, your wants, your expectations and your needs, right? And also hearing that of your partner, inviting your partner to discuss these things with you. Because as soon as we bring out these things into the open, we bring them into the light, then we're both on the same page. You, you understand, you're like, oh, oh, you really like that thing. Yes. Oh, you'd like to have sex very slowly. Oh, you don't even want to have penetration tonight. Great. Okay, cool. I can, you know, that sounds good. Or maybe there's a discussion or even a negotiation, right? So just when, and then you set the bounds of, again, I'm not a big fan of the word performance because I don't feel like sex is a performance. I think it's a very troublesome. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's very hard to find another word for it um, an act and enjoy a pleasurable in experience. Good, um, good. Yeah. Love to it. To bring that a pleasure experience for both people is to communicate one's wants and needs, right? Bring it out into the open without shame and knowing that asking, getting feedback is not a sign of inadequacy. 
right? It's actually a sign of power, right? You know, powerful people ask questions. They admit when they don't know because through not knowing, we learn because we ask a question. It's a bit like young kids will ask question after question after question because they're not ashamed of not knowing. They're okay with not knowing because they know if I don't know and I ask a question, I'm going to learn something here. And when I learn something new, I expand. My, my capability expands. My capacity expands. And also when we communicate in this way, we connect more deeply with our partners, right? Because we feel seen, we feel heard, we feel listened to. And I know from men and women I work with, right, that those things are so, so important, you know, to be seen, heard and understood. And how easy do you think it is to find the right balance? What I mean with this is, so if I express to my partner what I want and what I need, and if they express the same, how easy or how difficult it is to get the balance right of, you know, what I want, what he wants and what he needs and what he, what he doesn't need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is an age old question, right? Because we're always, we're always trying to find harmony, you know, in, in our sexual experiences, you know, where we're all trying to have our needs fulfilled, to be honest, right? Of course. So I think there's a give, there's a give and take. And that's why sometimes sex is a negotiation because sometimes it might be, uh, I'd really like to have sex tonight. I, I don't really want to. Okay. Well, would you like, I'd just really like to maybe give you a massage. Would you like that? Hmm, I could, I could be with a massage. Okay, cool. How about if I was to massage, you know, your, your breasts and your genitalia? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know about that. But maybe when you get to that point, you ask me again and see how I feel. And you see where we have, we have seen where we can negotiate and we can find a middle ground, right? It's, it's again inside the communication. But I think there's also... And this is maybe sometimes quite an advanced concept I, I work with with guys. It's like learning to feel your partner that you're with, the person you're with through sound, through movement, through, you know, eyes, through temperature, like, you know, all these things, breath as well. Breath is a very important one. All these things give indications of enjoyment or lack of enjoyment and starting to, and this is where presence and awareness comes in. It's like when you're really in that moment and you're touching someone, maybe you're just touching them on the arm, and you just see the lightest movement of the head that maybe is going up and you can see this, a pleasurable movement. You don't necessarily need to ask them, are you enjoying this? Because you can see with your eyes and your ears and the breath that there's a there's an enjoyment that's being had there, right? So it's a case of just, you know, learning to do that as well as the, the obvious and direct communication. Do you think that, you know, the type of touch that you were talking about and the type of things that you don't need really to ask because you can feel, do you think that a tantric massage can work and it can help. I know you've done in the past workshops of uh, tantric massages. Why do you think they're good and that men and women should focus on them? Mm -mm. I'm a big fan of massage actually as a, as a gateway to learn about how we like to be touched, how we like to touch other people, but also around giving and receiving. One of the things I see a lot with, with people I work with is a struggle to receive. We often have an, a bit of an issue with just receiving fully, just receiving touch completely, just lying and surrendering to being touched with love and care. You know, a, a lot around tantric massage, I think there's a big misconception that it's a kind of sexual act and it's all about, you know, because there's a lot of um, tantric massage services, so we say, that are offered often in, in, in London I know of, and um, which aren't really tantric massages because uh, the, the, the true tantric massage is about 
really being a channel for love from from the the mass the person massaging to the person being massaged and giving that to that person constantly it's not necessarily a, a sexual act but it's about really transmitting love into their body to allow them to relax to surrender into the touch so i'm a big fan of it because we learn how to touch because i think one of the biggest things that's missing in 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 men i say for men because i work with a lot of men is like a varying understanding of how to touch you know from soft and light to more firm to even that kind of there's a there's a kind of sweet spot in the middle where you're pressing enough that the skin goes down but not enough that it, it really feels like any real pressure or using different parts of the hand and all these things kind of come into the tantric massage it's like an education of touch but it's also for the person being being massaged they they find that they're being touched in parts of their bodies that they're not used to being touched in and they start to realize oh wow that feels amazing i love this new thing this oh today i really like that so it's this constant exploration and learning that we we kind of go through for a tantric massage what are you exploring about you know tantric massages not being sexual but being more about love mm. do you think it's fair to say that a sexual experience can be better if there's like a genuine connection rather than just being, you know, about sex. Yes, I believe from my real personal experience that when we have a connection, whether that be, it can be, I feel like physical is the kind of the lowest level of connection um, to a degree. And then we have like, you know, mental, I think after that, then we have emotional. And then we have like a, a spiritual connection with someone where we feel just, you know, you've met people where, you just feel really drawn to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you just feel, you feel drawn to them and you start in conversation and conversation just flows so beautifully. There's commonalities of experience and understanding. You just, you speak truths that you've never said to anyone. You, you share things emotionally and, and from a point of view that you might have never shared or never shared in that way with someone you've known for two hours. And I call that like a, a, a connection that transcends the emotional, the mental and the physical, right? Into kind of the, the spiritual. And you, you're even unsure of how this, why you feel this way. So when we have more of a connection with someone, sex becomes better because we actually often feel safer with this person. I think safety is one of the things that we don't talk about in sex enough, right? And again, that's something I, I really go on with men about a lot, right? Because we don't even realize that we're not creating safety. But when we create safety, because intimacy ultimately is a, is a process of safety, it's feeling safe, whether that to be shared thoughts, ideas, emotions, our physical bodies, our spiritual beliefs with someone. So when we have all those things, we feel safe, we can relax. And when we're safe, we can relax, we feel held, and our bodies don't need to be on, on alert for anything bad happening. They can relax, and when we're relaxed, we feel more pleasure and we feel more connection. Yes, I'm feeling the vibe completely. I was thinking, you know, going back into the experience that you have coaching men, if I were in a workshop that you that you give, you know, what are the tips and tricks that you give for men to, you know, focus more on their feelings at that, you know, at every every single time that they're with their partner. I'm not going to say sex act because it can be a lot of different things. It can be a massage as well. You know, what advices would you give for, for men to be more present and more, more focused on things other than penetration and orgasm as an end goal? Yeah. I want to throw in something that might seem completely outside of this, actually. One of the things is journaling. 
actually, I really recommend to guys is to journal, right? And I know this is completely outside. And the reason why is because it's a really great way of emptying the thoughts and ideas and the the fears and worries we have from our brains onto paper. And a lot of the time people's fears is if I write this down, it becomes more real. Someone might see it, all these things. You can burn the paper afterwards, right? But journaling, it's really helped me over the years is like emptying my thoughts and ideas onto a piece of paper, seeing how ridiculous they are most of the time, right? Our fears and our worries and our concerns. And then you just put it to one side because then you've, 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 when it's you've on paper, it's kind of actualized. It's real. We can see it. When it's in our brain, in our mind, it kind of swells around, becomes bigger than it really is. So it means that when we come into intimacy, our minds are a lot more calm, a lot more relaxed. Um, Meditation is one thing that I, I highly recommend to men if you want to be more present. Anything from 10 minutes up to an hour, depending, you know, what works for you, where you are in life. Um, I would say that breath work is a very, very good thing, um, especially for couples. I recommend doing synchronized breath work exercises where you're breathing together, like inhaling together and exhaling together, or you are alternately. So one will be inhaling while that one's exhaling. This brings us into synchronicity with each other because we have to consciously looking at a partner, feeling them, being like, oh, they're breathing, I need to go. And it brings us more into the present moment with the person we're with our partners. That's probably two things. Um, this might sound dance, movement, because the problem is, is we're, we're always in our heads. We spend our time processing and strategizing all the time. So when we we come to, you know, sex, lovemaking, connection, right? We treat it the same. You know, I, I do a lot of work with people in dating and they want to go on dates and they want to strategize the whole date. And I say, no, you need to learn that your body, your body has this incredible wisdom, right? There are more pathways going from the body up to the brain than going in the opposite direction. So your body knows self, right? So it's getting out of our heads and feeling our bodies a bit more. And it gets us into this, this place where we're just a lot more present when we're feeling our bodies. Because then when we are interacting, we're there in the moment, we're in the place, we're there. We, we're, our, our brains, our eyes are open to everything that's happening instead of being really focused on our, our minds, fears, worries, and concerns. So there are kind of three things. There's, there's some other stuff that I, I do with, with, with men and couples around Again, tuning into the love that you have for each other, that's a really important thing. There's some kind of conscious touching exercises that are really important, really good. And when you layer all these before you even, you can do these all before you even get into the bedroom. And there's even some great kissing exercises you can do to, to again, bring aliveness to the lips, but also bring you deeply present to the moment. You know, when you were talking about breath work, I was, I was listening to, you know, I was imagining uh, doing that with my partner, you know, just sitting on a bed, breathing, uh, looking at him, him, him looking at me. And then all of a sudden in my mind, we started laughing. So how do you keep it from not being goofy or is being goofy okay as well? Yeah, it's okay. And the thing is, is it's almost acknowledging, and this is the big part of a lot of life, it's just acknowledging what's there, acknowledging that this is weird or this is funny or this is strange. Why are we doing this breathing thing? <laughs> and what it is that's making us laugh is there's an uncomfortability in that moment, right? In that moment, we are uncomfortable about something. Maybe we feel stupid. Maybe we feel weird. Maybe we think our partners think we're stupid. There's some sort of uncomfortability in judgment. But when we can just go, oh yeah, that's there. That's okay. It just disappears. That uncomfortability is like, oh yeah, I feel weird, uncomfortable doing this because I think this is weird or silly. Or sometimes you'll have a partner that's like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. This isn't going to do anything for us, right? Again, 
that reaction is all about their uncomfortability, right? The judgment they have. When we just acknowledge that and go, look, that's there. There's that, that's there. That's okay. But let's still do this because we want to do this. And you go back to that because you you can go back to, I, I, this is what I say to a lot of couples is, go back to why you're doing this. Why are you doing this? You want to have deeper sexual experiences. You want to feel more connected to, to your beloved, right? And I often talk about partner, beloved. And I don't necessarily mean it has to be a long-term partner. This could be someone you met three hours ago, but you still have this willingness to want to connect, to share a loving moment with someone. And when you go back to that feeling, to that desire, right? You'll find that a lot of these uncomfortabilities disappear because you've got something so much higher to focus on. I keep, I keep seeing, you know, my partner's face in my head, looking at me weirdly, like, what the hell are you making me do? You and your podcast and your and intimacy play, you know, what are you making me do? But yeah, let's try it. Um, so I'm going to try it. I'm not going to tell him what I think is going to happen because that's going to ruin everything. Um, and I'm very curious about his reaction and I'll let you know, how does that sound? Oh no, I love that. You really, it's also a great way to relax as well. It's a really good relaxing way to breathing. Like if you've tried breath work, I've, I've done a lot of breath work in the last couple of years. I think we'll just relax by laughing because um, I'm into, you know, trying to meditate. I'm not going to say meditate, but trying to, and being more in tune with my body and my, my feelings and my thoughts. He's more practical. Well, I'm from marketing. I'm more like creative. He's more financial. So it's like different um, perspectives on things. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to understand his pers perspective on, you know, just looking at me and thinking, you're crazy. But yeah, I don't mind. Let's try it. That's a beautiful way to go into things. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is for sure. So a question that I love to, to make to all our guests is, how do you keep your relationship open, exciting, and intimate? Yeah, it's a big job, eh? It's a big job. Um, I think one of the first things I say is you have to make it a priority. Don't expect it to just magically happen on its own. Um, like anything, if you, we always schedule in the things that are important in our life, right? You know, we had this, you know, podcast recording schedules in my diary. You want to go to the gym, you schedule it in maybe, or you've got a class you want to go to, you schedule it in. You're going for dinner, you book a table. You book a table weeks and months in advance. How often do you think about booking in time for intimacy and connection with your partner? It's important. Is it important to you? Yeah. Out of 10, how's it, how important is it? It's probably pretty important. So start considering doing that, right? Also, um, talk about the things you'd like to try. Talk about the things you'd like to try. Have, have conversations where you say, there's no judgment here. We're going to remove judgment. We're just going to put some things on the table. A sex menu is a really interesting thing to create, right? Individually, where you think of, you know, various types of sex, sexual acts, sex, places to have sex. And you just write them out in a couple of lists. That's what I often recommend for people. Um, there's a list of stuff that you just don't want to do. <laughs> you know, I never want to do that. Um, a list of stuff that mm, you might be open to trying, right? A list of stuff that you'd like to like to try and maybe a list of stuff that you want to do often. And you have these things and you just write them out. And they could be all sorts of things. It might be having sex in the forest. There might be things like, you know, going to a sex party or, you know, having webcam sex with another couple, whatever it may be. Have these things on a list and sit down and swap your menus 
and be, and this is where you learn because you'll suddenly be like, oh, wow, there's all this stuff. I didn't know you want to do that. Oh, there's this thing you're open to. Oh my God, I'd love to do that. Oh, I, that didn't even come into my mind. And suddenly you've just opened up all this conversation, right? You've opened up so much conversation through just doing that. And I know what comes up for people when they think about this is this fear, this worry, this concern. Oh, what happens if I put down, I'd like to have a threesome and my partner says she doesn't want to do that or he doesn't want to do that. What do I do? You just go, cool. They'd like to do that. I don't want to. Is there something that's maybe a step in that direction that we'd both be willing to do? Like something a bit closer. And if it's not something that's really important to you, then you just go, well, that goes into the bucket of stuff we probably won't do anytime soon, right? It's okay to want different things. It yes. doesn't mean your relationship is going to fall apart because you want different things. Like a, a good example for me is that my partner, she quite likes, you know, BDSM and rope playing, things like that. That's not really my, it's not really my jam. You know, it's not really my thing. Have we tried it together? Yes, because I really respect that it's something she would love and it's not something I've tried much of. So I've said, okay, how can we do this in a way that I feel I feel safe, you feel safe? So we've tried various things around floggers and um, paddles and things like that. And it's like, I've learned something new. I've learned some new ways in which I like to operate in a sexual situation. So that's beautiful for me to learn something new. And she's also learned new things about us being together and we've been able to connect in different ways. So it's a lot about learning, going out your way to learn, whether that be workshops, podcasts, um, you know, even coaches and, uh, you know, even investigating sex shops and things like that together. But it's also having the bravery to go, these are some of the things I'd like to try. These are things I could be open to as well. No, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying because sometimes you think something is, you know, I'm not really into it, but then you find a way or you find like a slightly different version of that that you actually enjoy. So I love, mm. I love what you said in the example that you were uh, willing to share with us. Thank you for that. David, where can everybody find you and all this great advice? The best place to find me is on Instagram. I do a lot of posting on Instagram. Um, so it's at the authentic man underscore on Instagram. And I've just uh, finished off my website as well. So on there is just the www.theauthenticman.net. So you can find all there. I've got blog, I've got blog posts. Um, I've got my events are up there as well. And I'm usually running, I'm usually running events, you know, throughout the year, usually every month there's something coming up and, and there's plenty of like men's work there, couples work as well that I, I'd be running. Mm, and what about your awesome podcast? Oh yeah. Sorry. God, I forget about this. Yes. My podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at this plugging stuff. Um, yeah. My podcast is about, uh, as we speak now, it's almost 90 episodes around wow. various, around various things that affect men, um, especially around kind of dating, uh, intimacy, emotional awareness. It's a big one. Um, and yeah, everything in between this is, I just put out some episodes about, um, how men can be more attractive stuff around, you know, um, relationships, you know, fear of being relationships, avoidant relationships, you know, there's all sorts of advice and stuff around that. The Authentic Man podcast with David Chambers. Yeah, that's the one. Perfect. David, I've loved our conversation. Although I'm not a man, I did take so many interesting things to try on my own relationship. But above all, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of perspective. Mm. Uh, so thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that was Intimacy Play. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about Pleasy and how we can take your relationship to the next level, visit pleasyplay.com. 
then also make sure to search for Intimacy Play in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Pleasy, thank you for listening.